it comes out of my mouth like a two-edged sword. And I thank you that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path on today. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Hosea. And Hosea is after Daniel. And if you acquainted with Daniel, you will uh, be able to find Hosea after the book of Daniel. And we want to hear what the Lord has to say unto his people. And I believe that the Lord has a right now word for his people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hosea, the 10th chapter, and I'll be reading out the King James Version. And I'll start with verse 1 and end at verse 2. The book of Hosea. And the word of God reads, Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he have increased the altars. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. I want to talk about a divided heart. A divided heart. I'm telling you, God know what to do and he know how to do it. When we seek him, he shall be found and he'll let us know what he will have us to do, how he'll have us to do it, and when he will have us to do it. Um, when God took me into the book of Hosea, I was asking God, okay, God, what do you want me to get out of the book of Hosea? And as you began to read in the book of Hosea, you will begin to see some things that God wants you to see. And as I was, before I was reading Hosea, he had me in 2 Chronicles. And I was so much in 2 Chronicles dealing with each king that began to take over after the father died. Then there was the son. And then that um, son's son began to reign. But as I began to read all of that, God put in my spirit a divided heart. And I'm saying, God, what are you talking about, about a divided heart? We have taught on the heart in Clem Training School. We have taught on it even on Sunday services. But evidently, God want to bring this back into the house because there is a word for God's people. So he took me to the book of Hosea, and Hosea is a prophet. And Hosea was speaking unto Israel. And as he was speaking unto Israel, he was letting Israel know that that empty vine don't mean that there was no fruit there. It means that they were prosperous. They had um, prosperity not due to them, but due to God. Everything that they had can't come from God. So he was telling them the more prosperous you became, the more you took what you had and you began to increase altars. You began to build, you know, these shrines and all of these things to towards another God. And he said, the reason why you were doing this is because you were serving me and you were serving another God, meaning that your heart was divided. So Israel's heart was divided between God and other gods. So the more they prospered, it was not because of them. It was because of God. So God reminded me, he said, this is what's happening in the church. The more that God prosper us, we turn from God and we take what we have and we put it in places that God has not told us to put it in. 
So he had to warn Israel. He had to speak to Israel through this prophet. And this is what God was doing with Hosea. If you notice in the beginning of Hosea, God told Hosea to marry a prostitute. And he told him to marry that prostitute because he wanted Hosea to feel how he was feeling when Israel was unfaithful unto him. So Hosea married this prostitute and I believe Hosea felt when I marry this prostitute, she's going to change. She's not going to go out there and be with every man. I'm going to be enough for her. But as Hosea married this prostitute, he found out that she did not change. And this is what God was saying about Israel. He was married unto Israel, but Israel refused to change. They said that God was their first love. But the more prosperous they got, the more they began to turn unto other gods. Come on, is this not the people now in the church? God made a way for us through Jesus Christ. The only thing we had to do was accept the way that was made. He gave his only begotten son. He gave his very best to us because he loved us. He dearly prized the world. And being that he loved us so much, God was saying, me laying down a life for them when they didn't even deserve it, that means that I will be first and foremost in their lives because I took someone I dearly loved and gave that person on their behalf. So this is what God was telling Hosea. He was telling Hosea, I want you to marry this prostitute. Can you imagine? And God began to show me a picture here, and I want to illustrate it in the church, and I have talked about it before. Now understand that we are married to God. Once you get born again and you accept him as your Lord and as your Savior, you're no longer your own. He's first and foremost in your life. He's number one. This is why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all of these things shall be added unto you. God said that I have come in and made my home on the inside of you. You are my temple. You don't belong even to yourself no more. Y'all, that is so deep. And when we really truly think about that, God said you're not born of flesh no more, but you're born of the spirit. So everything that you need and everything that you can even desire, you should be looking to the real you, which is your spirit where I abide. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So the Lord is showing me even in this place, we have left our first love for other things, for men, for women, for material things, for our way of doing things and getting out of the way that God want things to be done. So he had to really use a literal man, which was Hosea, for Hosea to feel how he felt. Hosea married this prostitute. Can you imagine a prophet marrying a prostitute? But I believe Hosea said, this person shall change because she's with me. Because she see my love. She see how much I love her. And even though he loved her, she was still going out prostituting. Yes, she had children. But God named those children based upon how Israel was doing unto him. So as Hosea felt the pain of his wife being unfaithful, he knew how God felt when they turned away from him. The one and true God who brought him out of Egypt, who brought him out of bondage, who fed a manna for heaven and brought water from a rock even their shoes and clothes didn't wear out because they had a God who loved them so much that saw what 
they needed even before it was needed. He said, Hosea, I want you to feel what I feel when someone is unfaithful unto you. So even being unfaithful, God said, I still want you to have her as your wife. I still want you to protect her. I still want you to love her. Even though she's out prostituting, I still want you to bring her home and love on her. God still loved Israel. He still prospered Israel. Even though they went to other gods, he said, I gave you a promise. And he said, I'm not going to go back on my promise. So God began to show me an illustration, and I'm going to use this today. I'm going to use Kim and Jamie. Jamie, I want you to come stand right here for me. Brother Hayes, I want you to stand at the door with Kim. You're going to bring her forward to marry her off to Jamie. Now I want you to understand something. We take things... Don't, don't come yet. He trying to get rid of you quick, honey. Don't come yet, Brother Hayes. You stay right back there. <laughs> we, try, we take things lightly when it even comes to marriage. We want to be so quick to get married, but yet don't know God. We want to be so quick to have somebody in our lives because we don't want to be alone no more. I don't want to be by myself. I want to have somebody because somebody else have somebody. Come on, can I get a witness? Everybody have somebody on their arm. I want to have somebody that I can have movie night with. I want to have somebody that whispers sweet nothings in my ear. I want to have somebody that buy me roses that when Valentine's come, I'm their Valentine. I want to have somebody, Lord. And God said, you got me. I want to have somebody I can have a family with. I'm getting too old to be by myself. So God began to give me this. And this is why some people say, I don't need to be counseled before marriage. I already know. But see, the problem is there's something that you might not know, that you might not be aware of. That's why God put the fivefold in the church to give you something before you step out into something that you have to connect to for the rest of your life. And that's not who God wants the connection with. That's why when you counsel, you don't counsel both together. You have separate counseling sessions so you can hear the heart of the woman and the heart of the man and say, no, you're not ready yet. Because your heart is all about what you want. You don't even know who you are now that you're in Christ. Hmm. So, Kim's going to marry Jamie. And she's excited about this reunion. But let me tell you a little bit about this couple. Miss Kim, sitting out here at the door waiting, went through things in her life that she never thought she would go through. By God's grace and his mercy, she got through it. She bared the hard times. She bared the difficult times. And nobody know how she cried at night or what she went through because she always had a smile on her face. She always did what she had to do in the house of the Lord. But it come a time where God said, enough is enough. You done done what I would have for you to do. You can let go because it's been over, okay? So she had to get her mind renewed again, past the hurt and past the pain. And I remember I told Kim, I said, Kim, God is going to send you somebody 
that's going to love you. And you're going to know what real love is through who God sent you. Kim thought I was crazy. Can't be nobody out there like that, Pastor. I hear what you're saying is, you speaking this or is this God? <laughs> you know how people do. They don't know which way you're coming. So Kim was waiting on that day, and even waiting on that day, she had to be healed because she was so wounded. Have you ever been so wounded that it takes time to heal? See, some people want to heal by jumping into another relationship. That ain't how you heal. Because what you're doing, you're covering up those scars and those wounds, and you're not dealing with them. So they begin to deal with you when you go into this other relationship. You begin to treat this male or this female the way you were treated in the prior relationship. So Kim began to heal, and one day she met Jamie. And all of a sudden, when she met Jamie, she knew it was something about Jamie. She was so infatuated with Jamie, she just ran into something with a truck. <laughs> it was a Jamie. She didn't know what it was, but it was Jamie. And Jamie was so infatuated with Kim. And Jamie wasn't even really, he just got into the church then. But Kim saw something in Jamie, and Jamie saw something in Kim. So God is what brought them together. They didn't bring themselves together. So they took time out for counsel. To come before the Lord. To seek his guidance on what God wanted for both of them. So one day, and it was a long time for that, that they decided they want to be as one. So Brother Hayes is representing Kim's father, which is not here. So Kim is waiting to be brought to Jamie, okay? So as she walked down that aisle and as Jamie is waiting on Kim... Um, Gloria, can I have some music? Athea, can I have some music for this occasion? <laughs> I belong to you. We'll work. So, but both of them, first of all, had the king of kings and the lord of the lord in their life. And guess what? They didn't fluctuate. They didn't change in this relationship, putting one another before God. It was always him. And see, when you always put him first, you're going to always be on point with what you're supposed to do for him first and foremost. Jamie stayed in the house by himself, was in the presence of the Lord. Y'all, when he come out, everything to him was glorious. Because he'd been with God and Kim was like starstruck because every time she went somewhere with him, Jamie took a little fly or anything and said, look at God. And Kim said, mm. So God was teaching Kim through Jamie, through the time that Jamie was spending with the Lord. Jamie did not put Kim before God. Kim did not put Jamie before God. But they knew they were meant for each other, but God had to be first and foremost. So that day came. Come on, Gloria, play the song. See, there's a waiting and an anticipation, isn't it? Come on, Brother Hayes. And just stop. 
right there. I've been captured by a love I can't explain. Now listen at this. And now you have me, and I'm forever changed. Turn it up a little bit. I've abandoned everything I've ever known. Now I surrender. My life is not my own. I belong to you. Turn it down, Lafayette. So Jamie is waiting for this dad to release the daughter to him. I want y'all to catch this. Kim's life was built around her father. The father took care of her. The father loved her the way no man could love her. See, fathers, this is why it's so important to love your daughters, to give them that love that no man could give them but you. So they won't get in a relationship where the man is selfish and don't know how to love. See, that daddy got to have the father's love and got to give the daughter the father's love. So she won't go into a relationship where that's not about the father. So as she's standing there waiting, and the, the preacher says, the minister says, who give this woman to this man? Come on, get it. He lets go and he takes a seat. Why did he take a seat? Because he said, you're no longer mine. This is who you belong to. This is who's going to take care of you. This is who's going to protect you. This is who's going to supply all of your needs. It's not about me no more. It's all about him. He's first. He's even before me. Do y'all realize what you're getting into? But God is number one in their lives. But Jamie recognized it ain't no more about my father and my mother. It's about my wife now. We're going to be joined as one. I'm going to be cleaved to her. She's going to be cleaved to me. Remember in the beginning when God made Adam? Adam means it was man. It was one man, but it was a woman inside of that man. So when God put Adam into a deep sleep, he took a rib out of Adam and he made woman. So woman was already part of man, but God was making it real. They were already one and he gave Eve to Adam and Adam said, this is bone of my bone and this is flesh of my flesh. So he recognized this woman is a part of me and this is why men, you got to love your wife just as Christ loved the church. And if you don't know how Christ loved the church, how are you going to love a woman that way? Even when she get on your nerves, you're supposed to love her. You're supposed to nourish her. You're supposed to be there for her. You're supposed to stand up and you're supposed to be in between whatever's coming between you and her because you know the Father. But this is not all of it. So Jim is recognizing it ain't about my mother and father no more. It's about my wife. She's first and she's foremost in my life. So he's joined to Kim. But check this out. While he's joined to Kim, when you come together, this is why you do not have sex outside of marriage. Because God didn't create it that way. They come together that night. And that's when this oneness took place. So that means Jamie is saying, 
Your body belonged to me, Kim. My body belonged to you. I'm not going to be unfaithful to you, and you're not going to be unfaithful to me because this is a covenant between us and between God, and there's not going to be no unfaithfulness. That means for better or for worse, for rich or for poor, in sickness and in health, to death do us part. I'm yours and you are mine. Nothing is going to separate us. Because whom God has joined together, let no man separate. That means that our bed is not going to be undefiled. Our bed is not going to be full of adultery. Our bed is not going to be full of that. Because you're going to be mine for the rest of my life. This is what I chose and this is what I'm going to deal with through the help of the Holy Spirit. Why am I doing this? Because the day that we accepted Jesus. We said, I'm going to be faithful to you outside of everybody else in my life. So that's how you have to be with God, Kim. Jamie can't be your number one. Jamie Kim can't be your number one. God is your number one. And as long as he's seeking God first, this is going to be a happy wife, happy life. This is what's going to happen. Kim may not like what he does. But guess what? If she's in the word like he is, she humbly submits herself. And as they do that, people around them going to know God is in this marriage. But if they're putting each other before they put God, that means they are committing spiritual adultery. That means you're his idol and she's your idol and God is on the back burner. So the reason why I'm giving you this illustration is because God said there's some unfaithfulness in the church. We're taking things out of order the way God has created them to be. We're rushing into things so quick that we're forgetting even what marriage is. We got unfaithful men and women in marriage. Jesus said even if a man look at a woman and desires in his heart to be with that woman, he already left his wife. Because even when he lay in with his wife, there's another woman in between them. He don't have to leave the house to lay with her. He lay in with her while he was you. Unfaithful. But this man is saying, I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. I'm not going to put no one before you. But yet he's yet with another woman, but telling you he loves you. He got a divided heart and the marriage already failed. And the woman is feeling some kind of way because she's saying there's something in between us. And why is she feeling this? Because she's so full of the Holy Ghost that she knows I don't have all of you. Part of you is somewhere else. Come on, if you know the Lord, you don't have to put trackers on cars. You don't have to do nothing. Because the Holy Ghost will tell you exactly where he or she is. You don't have to call Verizon and say, hook up the phone. Because the Holy Ghost going to let you the moment he come in the room. You're going to say, you stink. Your aroma have changed. He don't even have to be laying with a woman. If his heart is infatuated with pornography and looking at pornography and then coming into your bed, you're going to know you ain't right. You can't love me any kind of way because I have a father who loved me so much. His son died for me and he gave me the very best and I don't have to live this way. That's why he give you a choice. 
If a man mess around on you or a woman mess around on you, he give you a choice. You can divorce them or you can stay with them and forgive them. Either way, you got to forgive them. But if you can't stay with them no more, the marriage is over. It was over the day the man or the woman messed up. Why is God bringing this in the house? Because he's saying, I got some unfaithful saints. Thank you. He said, I got some unfaithful saints. I got people saying they love me. But they're putting me on the back burner. They're not loving me with their whole heart. They're giving me part of themselves because they got somebody else there that they're trying to satisfy as well. See, our relationship with God is not right. God said your relationship with me is not right. Because if your relationship with me is right, then everything that my word tell you to do, you wouldn't have a problem doing it or trying to justify why you didn't do it. So see, if I'm your first love, you ain't going to have no male or no female separating you from me because you know who I am in you. That's what Hosea was saying to the people. You become prosperous and it's not on your own accord. It's because of what God did for you. And you using that to build other altars. The Bible said they increased in these altars. The more they got, the bigger the altar. The more altars they built. Come on, this is how it is in the church. The more money we go get, we don't look at what God wants us to do. We look at what we want to do. I can have more of this. I can have more of that. I can get this. I can get that. But what did God say? I have given you the power to get wealth. And you're taking what I have given you and you serving other things besides me. Do you know that I'm God? Do you know who I really am? So this is why, y'all, we go back and we look in the word of God in Matthew 6, 24. It says, you cannot serve two masters. Either you hate one and love the other. Or you hold on to one and you despise the other. You cannot serve two masters. We're trying to serve God and we're trying to serve the world. We're saying that we have accepted God, but we're still doing things the way the world is doing it. Who gave you that? The enemy. Because the enemy know if I can get your heart divided, I got you. You're not going to be able to get the things that God has provided for you because you got a divided heart. So I'm going back to this heart thing to let y'all know what has happened. When you got born again, God didn't only give you a new spirit where he dwells, but he gave you his heart. He gave you his very heart. And everything about God is good. In his heart is goodness, is mercy, is loving kindness. God's heart is so good, is so full of love. And the enemy knows that. So what's happening to us if we have the heart of God? Remember God says that he's going to give them a new spirit. 
He's going to take the stony heart out and give them a heart of flesh. He said, the reason why I'm doing this, if you go back to Jeremiah 17, he said, the heart is desperately wicked, meaning that the heart is sick. Not now that you're born again. It was sick back then because you wasn't born again. Nobody could cure your heart back then but God. So if you're not saved, your heart is sick. And there's no cure for it except accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So people today are saying this, what David is saying. Creating me, born again people, a clean heart. Renew the right spirit in me. Don't pray that no more because David was not saved. His heart was not clean. His heart was wicked. And he didn't have the spirit of God indwelling him. So you hear people, God, give me a clean heart. If you're born again, God has already given you his heart. You don't need a clean heart. You don't need a a new spirit in you because you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. David wanted this because he had repeated sins. That's why he said he was shaped in iniquity. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. David knew there was no help for him. But guess what? God sent you someone. He sent his son. And when he sent his son, he gave you a new heart and a new spirit. So quit saying, you know, my heart ain't right. Your heart ain't right is because you allow things to come in your life to block the flow and the love of God from flowing through you. And that's why people are seeing offense and bitterness and envy and jealousy because it's a blockage there. Your heart has become fat as grease. Y'all know how it is when you don't eat right. And you keep eating the wrong things, then they got to have surgery. They got to unclog your arteries. We got some clogged up arteries in the body of Christ. We got people putting things in people before God. And this is why it's hard for you to forgive folk. Because you got all these blockages in the way. You got all these hurts and these wounds and you won't allow God's love to flow through you. And you say, no, I ain't trusting nobody. Who are you to say you ain't trusting nobody? Because if you trust in God, God's love is going to flow through you to your worst enemy. And you're going to know that it was God. There was a lady who was a beautician. And her friend worked alongside of her. It was her shop. And the friend would bring her children in the shop because she didn't have nobody to watch them on certain days. Now, the one that owned the shop, which was her friend, allowed her to do it. She would help her with the kids. But in her mind, she hated that the kids were there because she was a perfectionist. She didn't like things out of place. So when they got through doing what they had to do, they had crumbs and everything everywhere. She would clean up the crumbs, you know, help the, the lady children while the lady is working. So one day, they went to shop one day and the lady and her husband was reconciling the lady with the kids so she went in a lingerie shop saying you know me and my husband is reconciling I want to get something nice to wear for my husband but she didn't have enough money on her she said if you can give me some money I'll give it back tomorrow this was the owner of the shop she said I don't have no money but in her mind she had the money but she had so much bitterness that build up on the inside of her so much anger because she wouldn't talk to her friend about how the kids was doing the shop. 
So she said, I don't have the money. So her friend said, okay. She said, that's fine. So she left everything on the counter. And her friend said, well, let me go. And she went to the bathroom, the owner of the shop. And she began to cry out to the Lord. She said, Lord, that was not right. Why did she cry out? Because the Holy Spirit was still doing a work, even though the bitterness was there. Even though, you know, she had anger and all of this in her, the Holy Spirit began to speak to her. Why did he begin to speak to her? Because she began to have a change of mind and a change of heart and say, I was wrong. Regardless of what her children do, I shouldn't have done what I'd done. And that way, the love of God began to flow through her. And she paid for that woman's stuff. And she went to that woman and she said, I was wrong. This is how I felt. But because of the love of God, I want to give you this. You owe me. Come on, somebody. You cannot tell me. That you're in love with Jesus and you're still stubborn. You're still unforgiving. You still take offense. You still think people talking about you. Your heart ain't right. Because if it was right, the Bible say pray for those. Something is wrong in the body of Christ. You want all these titles, but you're holding grudges. You hide behind a mask. You're trying to be something that God didn't create you to be. And people know your faultiness. They see your guilt. You're telling people you love them, but deep down inside, you hate them because you ain't let go of what they've done or what you thought they'd done. This is why God said, if you have ought, if you have ought, why is he telling you all of these principles? Because he know what the devil is trying to do to plant a seed. He's trying to keep you from allowing the love of God to flow through you so you can love your enemies. So you can bless those who curse you, love those who hate you. You can even love a husband who messed around on you. Why? Because God is allowing his love to flow out of you to them and to love them in the midst of your hurt. Why? Because you know him and he's your first love. And you ain't letting no man, no woman, nobody come in between the first love. And you hearing what the spirit is telling you to do. And that husband is saying, what must I do? Because they see Jesus. They don't see you. So God said that the church had become divided. Their hearts have become divided. And one reason is because you won't want to let go. And the only way you can let go is through the word. And this is why we can't let people or things take us away from God. Anything or anyone you put before God, that's your idol. If God ain't first, when you wake up and work is first, that's your idol. That's who you're looking for to support you, your job. But if you're seeking God first, and this is what David told Solomon, when he was turning over the throne to Solomon. See, David had been through some things. So David knew those things have taken him out of a place with God. So he was raising up his son in a way to let him know, if you want to be a king, Solomon, and you put in this place, he said, the first thing you got to do is know the Lord. Know the Lord, meaning you got to know him for yourself. I can tell you all about him. But you got to have a personal 
relationship with him. You got to get acquainted with him. Come on, how would I get acquainted with Mika? I would be, begin to call Mika. I would begin to get the sound of Mika's voice. I would begin to know her likes and her dislikes. I would begin to know what she doing on this day, what she doing on that day. So if somebody say, well, I need to go talk to Mika. Well, she ain't home. Well, how you know she ain't home? We done got acquainted. I know Mika whereabouts. Oh, oh, I, I'm going to go get Mika this piece of cheese. No, Mika don't like cheesecake. She like chocolate cake. Don't take her no cheesecake. She might break out. I got so acquainted with Mika that I could answer for Mika. And everybody would get jealous and say, why every time I ask you something about Mika, you come out and tell me? Because I know Mika. We develop a relationship. So I know her likes and her dislikes. This is how it's supposed to be. For us with God. So that way when I'm talking to Daniel. Daniel going to know who I've been with. Because I began to tell him about the goodness of Jesus. I began to tell him what God has done for me. And Daniel began to see it manifest through me. So Daniel will begin to say I know you love the Lord. I want to get to know him the way you know him. So the first thing is knowing him, having a personal relationship, getting acquainted with him. And then not only that, he said, Solomon, when you know him, you'll be able to serve him. He said, and when you serve him, he said, don't serve him with your whole heart, with a perfect heart. And as you do that, Solomon, you'll be able to seek him and he should be found. Do you know why we can't seek him the way we need to do? See, we seek him by how people tell you to do it. We try to go into some deep tongues. Or we try to go into some kind of ritual or doing this or doing that. God wants your heart. And if he got your heart, you don't have to have rituals. It becomes so much a part of you. See, I know my husband so well. I don't care where he is. I know him. I know he loved to talk. And if you tell me he going to Scotchman, I can look for him at Scotchman talking and know he ain't coming back when he's supposed to because he done went somewhere else. You done been gone too long. <laughs> but I know his routine because if he meets somebody, he's going to be chit-chatting. Well, well, so-and-so, I said, uh-huh. So when you know someone, you can serve them well when you know what they're about. And you can serve them with your whole heart because your heart is towards them and not anybody else. Why do you think in a marriage, y'all, that that husband and that wife is first? We have children. Children do not supposed to come before your wife or your husband. Children do not supposed to come before your wife and your husband. So if any daddy in front of the wife try to help the daughter when the wife getting ready to beat her behind and he know they wrong, that child unseparated them. He's supposed to say whoop a good. Whoop a good. So this is why when you are in the Lord and you're strong in him and the power of his might, you are not looking at nobody else. You're looking at him. Look at your neighbor and say, you're too infatuated with other things. Loose those things and let them go. Say, don't even try to say you're not because the proof is in the pudding. Hmm. There's a story in the Bible dealing with Elijah and dealing with Baal. And before Elijah 
you know, told them what to do with the altar, he said, why are you halt between two opinions? Why are you divided between two opinions? If God be God, follow him. If Baal be Baal, follow him. God is telling you, you have a choice. You cannot serve me and your man. You cannot serve me and your woman. You cannot serve me and your children. You cannot serve me and your animals. You cannot serve me and your money, money. Either I'm going to be first or you need to let them be first. That's just point blank. I remember when my grandmother had had this terrible fall, and I never forget. She's a little short lady. And I was young then, but I remember this incident. She went to hang up Granddaddy coat, and Granddaddy was a big man, y'all, and he had this big wool coat. Grandma went to hang it up, and she fell across this bed, and it had this thick post. And grandmother was at death door. I'll never forget that. And the first thing my granddaddy told her, make a choice tonight. You can either believe God and be healed, or you can go to the doctor. The choice is yours. Whatever you choose, it's okay, because God's going to still be God. He's going to still love you, but you make your choice. Grandmama say, I'm going to serve God and be healed. Now, my aunt's back there, which is her daughter, and there go my daddy. Grandma walked out of that room healed. Because she chose that day to serve a God that she knew that had all power. See, when you have a relationship with God, it don't take you that long to make a decision. When you have a relationship with God, you say, my God shall. And you standing on what you know your God shall do. But God said the church had become so divided because you done gave somebody else your heart. You got to serve him with your whole heart. You cannot be divided. That's how Israel was. They was trying to serve God and they was trying to serve the other gods. God said, I want all of you. Too many of us in this room today is holding on to things, but yet we say we love the Lord. Uh-uh. Anything that you holding on to that you putting before God, that's what you love the most. So when you truly love God, you trust him. And when you trust him, the love of God begin to flow through you and give you the peace you need in the midst of that situation. I want to ask you something. When you're in a situation, what can you do? Ain't no money in the bank. You done borrowed from Peter to pay Paul and they ain't got nothing. So what else can you do except, God, I have to trust you because there's nobody around here that can help me. See, we don't want to wait to that, get to that point. We want to trust him every day and rely on him every day to say, God, I trust you because we never know what's coming up in our lives. So God said, saints' hearts are divided. When you give God your whole heart, God say, you're going to be on time for whatever he's doing. Let's talk about it. You're going to be on time for whatever he's doing, and you're not going to have to have people to remind you what to do. Because when you give him your whole heart, you're not putting something else before what God is doing in the midst of you. Oh, it's so quiet. It's so quiet. Because let me tell you something, when God was giving me this message, God was letting me know people will not be able to move forward until they're ready to give up something. Because you're going to go back to the same pattern, 
Some people say, oh, yeah, I, I recognize I shouldn't have done this. Or I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. Week later, they're right back in that same pattern. I'm going to tell you why. Because your mind ain't been renewed. If you don't renew your mind on a daily basis and stay in this word, you can say, I'm sorry to Jesus come. You're going to go right back to what you have always done. The Bible say a sound heart is life unto the flesh. That means whatever's on the inside of you is going to flow on the outside of you. So if I have a healthy heart, my body is going to represent that heart that's on the inside of me. But if my heart is full of evil and full of corruption, this is what people are going to see happening around me. If I have gossip on the inside of me, it's going to come out of me, and that's what my life is going to represent. So what are you filling your heart up with? God said, you're blocking my flow. You're blocking the life that's on the inside of you. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So if I'm guarding my heart, that means I'm saying, uh-uh, selfishness, uh-uh. You're not planting a seed in me today. This is why the Bible says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the love of God. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, when you love the Lord, you ain't letting nothing come in between you and him. The spirit can't be touched. But through your spirit, it flows to your heart and out of your heart to your mind and to your body. See, this is what the enemy knows. If I can get your mind so toe up from the flow up, the love of God ain't going to flow through you. It's going to be blocked. This is why he wants you to think about what somebody done to you yesteryears. So you can't love them with the love of God. People say, ain't no way I can love a person like God does. Why not? You got the love of God in you. It was shed abroad to you through the Holy Ghost. So if you holding grudges, it's because you don't know him. You cannot tell me you got a title in front of your name and acting foolish. How long you going to act foolish? How long you going to hate me and somebody else because you thought you should have been in that position and they shouldn't? The church shouldn't be that way. Because if you're getting taught the word of God, you should be the first one to apologize, even if you ain't done nothing. That's what the love of God do. I'll give you an example. Y'all remember Stephen. Stephen went from Genesis on up to Jesus. And he began to tell them just how they were. They began to stone the man. But he looked up to heaven. And he saw Jesus sitting on the right hand of God. And what did he say? Don't lay this to their charge. And he gave up the ghost. Come on, you know he was in the spirit on the Lord day. How about Jesus being on the cross when they talked about him, ridiculed him, pierced him in the side, did all of this stuff against them. He said, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Do you think he did all that and said all that for us to not forgive one another? Come on now, if you want to be like him, live like him. Quit telling people you're like him and you're snobbish. That ain't God. God ain't snobbish. God ain't stuck up. God ain't stingy. God don't choose who he want to help. He helped all of us when we was in sin. People choosing now who they want to give to. 
I don't want to get it out. I definitely don't want to get it out. I'll just keep it off before I get to anybody. Ain't nobody paying my bills. Ain't nobody living in my house. Keep your money. Your heart ain't right. You ain't getting nothing from what you gave anyway. Because you gave it with the wrong motive. See, this is why, y'all, read your word. Those disciples had to be trained before they went out. We got some people with titles that ain't trained. And they're confusing everybody else. That's why the devil's letting you in places to mess it up. Not do what the Lord did, but he's inviting you to go through these doors because he know you tore up. And he know when you open your mouth and you spitting out that mess, people going to grab hold and want to be just like you. That's why you see so many churches jam-packed. Because see, when people in the church are acting like the devil, come on. Something wrong. Because ain't no way I can stand up here on this pulpit and see devils out there and not deal with them. That's why people trying to run different places. Because they don't want to be accountable. They feel like I supposed to preach. I supposed to teach. But you ain't doing what the word of God tell you to do. Forgive. Love your neighbors. You, oh, I forgot. You can't even love yourself because you only know who you are. So whatever he's asking you to do, you can't even do it. Because you're not in the word. Y'all. All of these Bibles that were created and made. I'm going to give you some advice. Use them. Some of you too cute to bring it to church. You can't take a Bible and put it in your hand and bring it to church. You want to look on with somebody else. Where is your Bible? Hello, somebody. You come to church to know where I am and know what I'm talking about. Okay? That's how you find Hosea. Because you know where he is at in the word. If you can't find Hosea, I know where you've been. Because when you're reading through the Bible in one year, you should come across him. And if you miss him, because he's stuck in between some pages. But when God wants you to know about him, he'll say, Hosea, well, who is that, Lord? Because, see, when you're in your word, you can agree with me. Your baby be leaping while I'm preaching the word. Because you done been in that word and you won't get an attitude. Because you're saying that's, that's the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth is what sets you free. And the only way you can know the truth is by getting in the truth. Because the Bible said, Jesus said, sanctify them in truth because your word is truth. This is the only place you're going to get the truth. And the only way you can know the truth is through the spirit of the living God. And the spirit of the living God have to be in you. So if you're not saved, the word ain't going to open up to you. So who are you trying to tell something about Jesus and you ain't saved? Quit listening to sinners about the word, not lest you know it's Jesus talking through them, giving you something. Now, he can use a sinner to tell you something. But you got to be in the spirit to know it. Y'all, we're walking just like the world. We're playing numbers just like the world. Scratching off just like the world. And we say we know him. When you know him, I ain't never seen Jesus walk in a place and say, give me one of them tickets. 
because I'm believing I'm going to hit it and put some money in the church. Uh Uh-uh. I ain't never heard of that lie. Mm -mm. The more you know him, the more you end up being like him. And the more you end up being persecuted, the more you end up being ridiculed. The friends you used to have, you don't have them anymore. Anytime you hang with the group and the group ain't changing, you got the problem, not the group. If you're trying to cut the fool like the group, trying to twerk like the group, doing what the group do, then you think group going to be wanting what you got because you're trying to be like them. See, a group will put you in a group to make you look high and lift it up because Satan is part of the group. Because he want to be exalted. That's pride. Quit using your titles to be a part of something. Get to know him and begin to serve him so you won't be divided. Elijah said you can't be divided. Why are you still divided? Either you're going to choose God or you're going to choose Baal. Choose. But quit being divided. I was reading about one king. His name was Amaziah. Amaziah, the Bible said, he did what was right, but not with a perfect heart. How's that? It's easily done. You can claim the church, but not with your whole heart. Don't claim it. Because eventually, you're going to mess up. And Amaziah messed up. Because his heart wasn't right. God didn't have his whole heart. What is God saying? We got church folks doing stuff, but you ain't doing it with your whole heart. That's why it's toe up from the flow up and messed up. Everything you do for the Lord is supposed to be done in excellency. It don't supposed to be no isms and schisms in what you're doing for the Lord. If you know you ain't going to do it with your whole heart, leave it alone. Don't mess it up. We got people in the church that want to be leading and co-leading, but you ain't giving God your whole heart. And that's why your followers are messed up. When you get it right, people that's following you, they're going to want what you want, and you're going to see them doing better than what they're doing. You can't tell nobody nothing and you ain't right. God said, I want your whole heart. Quit trying to do stuff. He said, I want all of you. And that's what this message is about today. It's divided hearts in the kingdom of God. And God said, it's not hard to give me your whole heart if you uproot those things that you have planted through the years. Please, y'all, it's still odd in this church. Still odd in this church. You're still thinking wrong in this church. You're thinking the way you want to think. And not according to what the word of God is saying. And as long as you do that, you're going to have problems with people. You're going to feel left out. You're going to feel like you're not a part because you're not in the word the way you need to be. So you're making everybody feel like you feeling. They ain't nothing but the devil. That ain't God. That's not God. Because we're supposed to love one another. Come on, if the church don't stick together, what else do we have? Yeah, we, we do. We do. We have Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because don't y'all know that's what happened in the Bible? It was Israel, and then they got divided. There was Judah, the, the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom. Why? Because they couldn't come together. They were fighting against one another. 
This is what's happening in the house of God. Somebody come up with something in the house of God, then the northern kingdom say, no, that ain't going to work. We can't do that. Supposed to be on one accord. Somebody asked for 50. No, that's too much. Why don't you ask for 10? Some people can't pay 50. If God say pay 50, God's going to give you the 50 that you don't have. Hallelujah. It ain't for you to determine. And if God called it out, he know you're going to get it from somewhere. He's going to send somebody to lay it in your hands. Your heart ain't right. If you ask for a dollar, you'll say, get 50 cents. You know why your heart ain't right? Because you ain't hearing God, you hearing you. I got to do this. <laughs> That's when God say, pay from your heart. Give from your heart. Woo. Your heart got to be right first. Before you can give anything. Your heart have to be right before God. He wants you to give to him with your whole heart. And I'm going to close with this. Everything we need, everybody know God has provided, right? But how many know God used people? Hello, somebody. How many know God used people? Does God use lawyers? If you need a good lawyer, what you got to take up in there? No, you don't. You get free services. Y'all know you go to a lawyer and they say, what can I do for you? I'm going to go to court free. I'm going to get you out of jail free. I'm going to give you the free, free card, right? No, that's not how it happened, right? So you, that, when you visit that lawyer, there's a consultation fee. Is that not right? So you know when you go to that lawyer and you call them on the phone and they tell you how much it is for you to come up in there and just talk with them, you're going to get that money. Is that not right? So what are you going to do? You're going to go to somebody you know and say, you know, I got myself in a little situation. I didn't mean to get, oh, yes, you did. But I got myself in a little situation and, and I found a good lawyer, but it's going to cost me about $150 just for them to sit down and talk with me. So you're going to tell them your little sob story and you went to the right one, baby, because they're saying, well, you know what? I'll give you that $150. You have not because you ask not. Then some of us ask and consume it upon our own lust, right? I'm getting somewhere. So you asked for that, and you sent before the lawyer, and they counseled you. They told you what you needed to do. But before I can help you even take this to court, I'm going to need $1,000. And then your next thing is you see somebody that got the thou. So now you go into them, and you're telling them, I was wrong for what I did. I shouldn't have done it, but I need this to get this taken care of. And they're saying, I got you. Okay, let's stop right there. When the church is doing something. For the kingdom. Who do you go to? When you don't have it. Somebody can speak. We just let it go. Tyson say. We just let it go and say, Lord, you know what they need. And I thank you for supplying that need. And you say you've done your part. But when you need something or you're doing something, you make sure everybody's involved. Is the heart wrong? Oh, yeah. 
It's wrong. And we want it done the way it's supposed to be done. God said we got to deal with this divided heart in order to move forward. And those that say, God, I want everything that you have for me, you're willing to do just like that lady did when she knows she did her friend wrong. You're willing to say, God, here am I. Here am I, God. God, you know how I feel, but that's not you, God. That's me. So God, deal with me. And this is what God's saying today. We need to be dealt with in the house of God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with us. And that's the first thing. Quit saying, that ain't me. See, we choose to help who we want to help. And then we say we've done something. But remember, one day you're going to need some help. And the very ones you didn't help, God is going to show the love of God through them. And they're going to lay down their life for you and give to you when you wouldn't give to them. I have learned in ministry, if I treat people the way they treated me, it will be a hot mess. But because of the love of God that flowed through me, I look past how people do me and say, God, what do you want me to do with them people? That's when you know you're a good pastor. Now quit wanting to be a pastor and don't even want to pay your tithes. Quit wanting to be part of the fivefold and don't want to even give into your ministry. That is not right before God. You got to be willing to say, God, I need to be dealt with so I can help others the same way you helped at me when I was toe up from the flow up. 